But when the Helper comes, whom I shall send to you from the Father, the Spirit of truth who proceeds from the Father, he will testify of me. And you also will hear witnesses, because you have been with me from the beginning. Verse 1 in 16. These things I have spoken to you, that you should not be made to stumble, but they will put you out out of the synagogues. Yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you will think that he offers God's service. And these things they will do to you because you have not known the Father nor me. But these things I have told you that when the time comes, you may remember that I told you of them. So Jesus now, he gets along with his disciples. In chapter 15, Jesus got together right before he was headed to the cross to tell his disciples, his followers, the things that, that were very crucial. One of the things in, fa- in chapter 15 that he brought forth, it was to abide in him, to hang on to him for dear life. And then he goes forth to start uh, just at, at the end of chapter 15 to talk about the promise of the Holy Spirit. And today, I want to just I entitle today's message, The Promise of the Holy Spirit, but in end times. Because Jesus not only spoke these things to the disciples, he wants to speak to us today. And he wants to reveal himself to us today, even as we look at the signs of the times. And even the church of Jesus Christ. The church of Jesus Christ is still alive and doing well. And Jesus has a plan for his church. Even as Pastor Zach shared not that long ago, that, you know, in Revelation 3, that's when actually talks about the different stages of the church and the different stages that the church are in. We can take note and apply those things for us today. But the church is not going to remain here for long. Jesus Christ is coming back soon. And Jesus Christ is going to rapture and pick up by force the church. And he's going to take it to him soon enough. So as we look at life today, as we look at what's happening around today in our lives, is we're living in very, very, very interesting times. It seems like it, there is a campaign from the enemy, just he's going on a rampage to tear down everything that is good, everything that is holy. And he is building up momentum, even in the days that we're living in. And the world in itself is getting darker and darker. And sin is abounding, not only here in Miami, not only here in Florida, not only here in the United States of America, that it used to be one nation under God. And now we ask, has God forgot about the United States of America? 
because of the sin and the, and the things that are taking place right before our eyes. But it's around the world in itself. There is a deception and lies that the enemy is imputing and is pushing in. Now, to get somebody to speak the truth is, is hard to find. From a, of a government officials, from people at work, from people within our family, lies abound. And it seems like now people to lie is a common thing. No longer life is a sinful thing, but lie is a common thing now. And lie does not come from God, but lies come from the enemy. And he is the father of lies. So when we ourselves, we lie, we don't imitate the Lord Jesus Christ, but we imitate the adversary, the Satan. People themselves, they're being deceived. They have caught, been caught up into lies and deceptions. And I'm talking not just in a pagan world, but I'm talking here within the church of the Lord Jesus Christ. Deception abounds. There is so many people that proclaim to be uh, ambassadors of the Lord Jesus Christ, yet their doctrine and what they're teaching is totally unbiblical. And this is the message that is going forth, and so many people are taking it in. In 2 Thessalonians, and they're going to put the scriptures here, 2 Thessalonians for the sake of time. Uh, 2 Thessalonians 2, 1, it says, Now, brethren, concerning the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together with him, we ask you not to be soon shaken, in mind or trouble, neither by spirit, nor by word, or nor by letter, as if from us, as though the day of Christ had come. Let no one deceive you by any means, for the day of the Lord will not come unless the falling away comes first. And the man of sin is revealed, the son of perdition, who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God, nor that is worship, so that he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that he is God. So the Lord himself as Paul writes this epistle, he tells us for us not to be shaken, for us not to be caught off guard as Christians, for us, you know, even for us as when things don't go the way that we expect and we don't get what we want, we are shaken. We are rattled. And usually what happens when those things take place, we question God. We come before an almighty God and we come to him and we say, why are these things happening? Like he has to give us an answer, which he doesn't. Who are we to question God? 
when we go through difficult times, when we go through tribulations, when we uh, just find ourselves in times when life in itself does not make sense. Our mindset should be one that what we need to do is humble ourselves under God's mighty hand and ask him, Lord, what is my role in this situation? What do you want me to do? And inquire for him to reveal to us what our part is. A lot of people come to say, and I hear this over and over and over, that there is going to be, as the Lord Jesus is ready to return for his bride, the church, there is going to be a great awakening. There is going to be a great revival. But here the scriptures tells us difference. What is going to happen is going to be a great fallout of believers. People that are attending church, people that they call themselves Christians, they're going to fall out out of faith. As things get difficult, as we go through tribulations, as we go through difficult times, people are going to fall out faith. They're going to lose their faith. And that's scary. Because for us, we have to be people that continue to do something that the Word calls us to do, to persevere, to continue to fight on. In verse 1 it says, These things I have spoken to you, that you should not be made to stumble. Why is Jesus saying here, as he starts writing this to his uh, uh, disciples, that, that you should not be made to stumble because many of them stumble. Many of them, just a couple of weeks after uh, uh, he shared this with them, they stumble themselves because the book of John talks about, you know, the things that took place the last week in Jesus' ministry is most of it condensing to the last week. And when Jesus is talking about his disciples, he's ready to head to the cross. And now he tells them not to stumble. Did Peter stumble? Oh, yes, he did. The mighty man of valor, the guy that drew the sword, and he was the first one that ate dirt. So we ourselves, as Christians, as Christians, we have a tendency to put our guards down when things are good. We tend to cruise to life. We tend to say uh, just business as usual. But we should have an awareness each day what the day is bringing forth for us to put up our guard because we're going every day. When you step out of your door, you go into a battlefield. You go into a battlefield against the wiles and the schemes of the enemy. The enemy wants nothing better than to take you out. He gets in your mind. He wants to get in your mind. And the, play, and the enemy plays a lot of head games with us. He gets in our minds and we start questioning, you know, whether we're safe. Whether God is with us, we start questioning on other things, and then we are made to stumble. One of the things that we 
need to have always happening within our lives is our walk with the Lord is one that we continually need to read God's word. We need to be in prayer. We need to be in fellowship. And it's the book of Acts 2.42 that it needs to be operating and happening. Not once every time Jerry puts up a, a fellowship time or a picnic or something, but it needs to be going on on a regular basis. Are you a person that is an island? Are you a person that stands alone? Or are you a person that is surrounded with brothers and sisters that are willing to keep you accountable, that are willing to help you out, go through life? I desperately need that in my life. I don't know about you, but I need strong Christians to help me to speak truth into my heart for me to be able to finish this race, this walk with the Lord all the way down to the end. I desperately need that. And as a result, a lot of times we're not transparent with one another. We don't say the whole truth. We say something, hey, pray for me. But we're, we feel like we're um, weak when we go through struggles. I go through struggles, and when I go through struggles and I go through difficult times, I come to people around me and I ask them, hey, pray for me. I'm having a difficult time. But what happens is this. A lot of people, they don't go to their brothers and sisters in the Lord. What do they do? They go to people at work, people with no faith in God. They ask people that do not know the word, and they are asked for their advice. They ask what they think. And this is where you get yourself in, in trouble and you stumble. Amos 3.3, it says, How can two walk together unless they're in agreement? So if I'm walking with Jesus, I need to find people in my life they are walking with Jesus the same way as me. And that's one of the safeguards that, you know, helps me with my walk. In 2 Corinthians 6.14, it says, Do not be unequally yoked together with unbelievers. How clear is that? A lot of people, they say that this is about relationships. But no, no, it's not about relationship. It's about life. It's about life in itself. So do not walk unequally yoked together with unbelievers. So for what fellowship has righteousness with lawlessness? And what communion has light with darkness? And what accord has Christ with Baal? Or what part a believer with an unbeliever? And what agreement has the temple of God with idols? For you are the temple of the living God. You are the temple of the living God. As God has said, I will dwell in them and walk among them. And I will be their God. And they shall be my people. Therefore, come out from among them and separate, says the Lord. Do not touch what's unclean, 
and I will receive you. So this is the safeguards and the things that God speaks to us as believers, the things that we need to be doing in order for us not to stumble, not for us to separate ourselves from the Lord. And I will be a father to you, and you shall be my sons and daughter, says the Lord Almighty. The Lord God Almighty wants to tabernacle with you. He wants to spend time with you. Are you open to spend time with him and hear from him? And the person of the Holy Spirit is the one that brings conviction in our hearts. It's the one that just draws us closer to the Lord Jesus Christ. The signs of a church that is Holy Spirit filled is this. That Jesus Christ is the superstar. You want to see a church that is filled with the Holy Spirit? It's a church that they're drawing people to the Lord Jesus Christ. And the only thing that it gets talked about is about the Lord Jesus Christ. No other person. If you get a pastor that he requires attention and fame, run away from there. Run away from there. And the church needs to bring glory, honor, dominion, and power, and glorify the living God. That's the function of the church. And the church needs to be based on the Word of God, on prayer, and the gifts of the Holy Spirit. A lot of time we get kind of scared. We get, mm-mm, don't talk about the Holy Spirit, because... Something is going to happen to my tongue. <laughs> a lot of people get whacked out because, I don't know, you know, it, it, when they, they talk about the Holy Spirit, now they're getting to a... Uh, <laughs> that's, that's not a church that is spirit-filled because the Holy Spirit never brings attention to us. The Holy Spirit draws the attention to go back to the Lord Jesus Christ. And that's the, that's the living a, a Spirit of God that draws us to worship Him, to focus on Him, not on us. Verse 2. They will put you out of the synagogues. Yes, the time is coming that whoever kills you will think that he offers God a service. And these things they will do to you because they have not known the Father nor me. But these things they, I have told you that when the time comes, you may remember that I told you of them. And these things I say, these things I did not say to you at the beginning because I was with you. And let's stop there. The persecution of the church and Christians is happening. And it's here. 
and it's going to continue to build up. Uh, the things that are done for, for God, there is just mind-boggling. Uh, even um, uh, just a couple of days ago when that shooting took place, and it's a sad situation that people that were just there on their day, uh, just going to the supermarket just to, um, to do the grocery shopping, the hatred of a man. And, and just this man came and took the life of grandmothers, mothers, and, and fathers, and people for no reason at all. And, and that's, a, that's one of the signs of the violence and the things that are taking place in our world today. But the thing that it just came to mind is that um, there were believers there. There were people that they had their faith in the Lord Jesus Christ there. And those people, their soul was demanded of them that day. So a lot of times we don't know when our day is coming. So for us to have that preparation, we don't know what's going to happen from one day to the next. Even this COVID thing, we went from having freedom to go through our lives to being locked up in a house with the government controlled us that we couldn't come out. We couldn't go to open parks. We couldn't do our normal routines. So our lives could be changed. And this is happening that a lot of people for the name of God they're going to do even crazier things. Even um, down in, in Sudan and down in India, and pastors are getting beat up because they love the Lord Jesus Christ. We haven't been touched by that. But I pray that our faith will be built up because Jesus said, get ready, these things are coming. So when those things are coming... We have such trust and faith in the Lord that we will not be moved. In 2 Timothy chapter, uh, 2 Timothy chapter 3, it says, verse 12, Yes, and all who desire to live godly in Christ Jesus will suffer persecution, but Evil men and impostors will grow worse and worse, deceiving and being deceived. But you must continue in the things which you have learned and being assured of knowing from whom you have learned them. And that the childhood you have known the Holy Scriptures will be able to make you wise for salvation through faith, which are in Christ Jesus. Those that plan to live godly lives, we're going to have persecution. We're going to go, we're going to go and have difficult times because we love the Lord Jesus Christ. I challenge you, pick up your Bible, go to South Beach, don't do it alone. Take two or three people with you. And go and preach the good news of the gospel there in South Beach and see how many people say, hey, I'm glad you were here. 
I'm glad that you were here. I've been waiting for you to come and tell me this great hope of heaven and see how well you're going to be received. A friend of mine years ago went out there and did that. And you know what had happened to him? They slapped him on the face. And they told him, get out of here, you freak. And that's a small example, even here in the United States, of what is going to take place. If you look around, a lot of bumper stickers and a lot of signs, you see the, the thing about coexist. Now, they're talking about having just one, one religion, one God, but it's not the God of the Bible. And, and, and they're brainwashing people. They're brainwashing people into an ungodly agenda. Even in the, in the shooting, at the end of the shooting, there were two pastors that came in there. And me and Belkis, when they said they're going to pray, we were holding on to see. The first guy, he started blabbling, and he started saying, that, you know, the God of the Muslims, the God of, you know, Allah, the, this and that. And he started praying in a general kind of God that is satanic. Praise God that there was a pastor that came and prayed, and he prayed in the name of Jesus Christ to correct that other prayer. But that's the kind of uh, doctrine that we're hearing. That's the doctrine that is acceptable. That's the doctrine that is just people want to hear. Because when they say the name of Jesus Christ, they have to know that they're away and they're living a life of sin. And they need to just humble themselves and just ask for forgiveness. And they don't want to do that. Because this is what's happening in our watch. 2 Timothy 3 uh, verse 1. And know this, that in the last day there's going to be perilous times will come. And here we go with the list. For men will be lovers of themselves, lovers of money, bolsters, proud, blasphemers, disobedient to parents, unthankful, unholy, unloving, unforgiving, slanders, without self-control, brutal, despires of good, traitors, Headstrong, haughty, lovers of pleasure rather than lovers of God. Having a form of godliness, but denying the power. And for such, for such people, run away from them. For this sort of those who creep into the households and make captive the gullible women's Loaded down with sin, led away by various lust, away learning and never, uh, always learning and never able to come to the knowledge of the truth. A lot of people today with um, Greek 
uh, teachings and philosophies and all that mumbo-jumbo. A lot of people, they have a lot of head knowledge. They have a lot of instructions in pagan doctrines, but they don't know the truth of the word. We're living in end times, and whether you want to come to term over that or not, sexual perversion, violent hatred, disregard for human life, a lying, corruption, disobedience to parents and authorities, stealing, removing God from the headship of this nation. And turning to pagan idols. Flying the flag of the homosexuals at the Capitol building. And, and just removing God and the Ten Commandments from its place. In Romans 13, 11 it says, And do this, knowing the time, that now is high time to awake out of our sleep. For now our salvation is nearer than when we first believed. The night is far spent and the day is at hand. Therefore let us cast off the works of darkness and let us put on the armor of light. Let us walk properly as is in the day, not in rivalry, drunkenness, lewdness, or lust. Not in strife and envy, but put on the Lord Jesus Christ, Jesus Christ, and make no provision for the flesh to fulfill its lust. Brothers and sisters, what is your life saying? What's the fruit of your life? And Jesus tells us that we will know them by their fruits. If you're not bearing good fruits for the Lord of Jesus Christ, you have fallen asleep. And many people will say one day, Lord, Lord. The Lord is going to say, I never knew you. We look at the ten virgins. There were five that were ready. They had their lamps filled with the Holy Spirit. The oil represents the Holy Spirit. In order for us to make it to heaven, we have to be people that have been filled constantly with the Holy Spirit. So five of them had their lamps full, but five of them, they were not ready. Their lamps didn't have the oil. They went to buy the oil, but when they came back and they knocked, Lord, Lord, let us in. Now our lamps are full. He said, depart from me, I never knew you. And that just echoes in my head. I never knew you. I never knew you. Am I a person that is completely submerged and abide in the Lord Jesus Christ? Do I love the Lord Jesus Christ? Do I love Him and do I give Him an importance in my life? Does the Holy Spirit brings to me awareness 
that I need to get closer to Him. That's the Holy Spirit speaking to your heart. That's the Holy Spirit moving and using you as He enables you, as He gives you, as He prepares you to put you for the work of the ministry. Are you about your Father's business? The Lord is coming. Church, brothers and sisters, we cry, Maranatha. I cry Maranatha all the time. I want to go home. I want to go home to Jesus. But for such a time as this, he has us here in this planet to be used by him, to glorify him. And the Holy Spirit is moving in our lives as we encourage one another, as we give testimony to one another. It lights up my heart and it gets me Fire up. It gets me cranked up. Are you encouraging one another? Verse 5. But now I go away to him who sent me. And none of you ask me, where are you going? Because I have said these things to you. Sorrow has filled your heart. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is for your advantage that I go away. For if I do not go away, the helper will not come to you. But if I depart, I will send him to you. Jesus didn't leave us orphans. Jesus left to heaven. Jesus is there in heaven waiting for God the Father to say, Go get your bride. Go get her. But he did not leave us abandoned. He left us with the promise of the helper, the spirit of the living God inside of us, preparing us for life, preparing us to be used by God. Jesus said, do not get bumped out because I'm going. Don't get bumped out. Don't get discouraged. It is to your advantage. It is to your benefit that I go away so I can bring the helper. So I can send you the help that you desperately need to be able to go through life. Have you embraced the Holy Spirit? Have you asked of the Holy Spirit? Have you inquired of the Holy Spirit? I love Jesus because Jesus always gives us a heads up before he does anything. Jesus foretells us things for us to prepare ourselves and get ready for the things that he are, he's about to do. Are you taking heed? To what the Holy Spirit is prompting in your heart. Are you a person that just ignores it? Or you take it in and says, okay, those are my marching orders. I'm ready to obey and I'm ready to move on. The Holy Spirit is here to help us. The Holy Spirit is here to just uh, give us the ability to have wisdom, knowledge, and discernment that we desperately needed to be able to go through the day. 
Are you a person that comes early in the morning? And me and my wife, we do it over cafe con leche. You know, we get some hot cafe con leche, we sit down, and then we pray and we ask for the Holy Spirit to fill us afresh and anew on a daily basis. When was the last time you asked of God to fill you afresh and anew with a dunamis power that comes from above? We're leaky vessels. It's like having a barrel and putting 2,000 holes in it and you try to fill it up with water. It's an ongoing thing. It's an ongoing thing how the Holy Spirit has to constantly fill us afresh and anew. Why? Even Jesus himself, when he went to minister and he was walking and the woman that had a bleeding disorder touched him, he said, stop everything. Somebody touch me. And the disciples say, hey, what's up? What do you mean? Somebody touched me. There's 5,000 people around us. Everybody has touched you. He said, no, no, this is different because these, I felt discernment leave my body. When we are about God's business and we're ministering to people and we're praying over people and we are doing God's work, discernment is going to leave so we need to be refreshed and renewed. You cannot give when your barrel is already empty. If your bucket of the filling of oil from the Holy Spirit is empty, how can you pass it on to other people? How can you intercede? How can you love? How can you do all these things for the kingdom of God when you are empty yourselves? In John 14, verse 1, it says, Let your hearts not be troubled. You believe in God, also believe in me. In my Father's house there are many mansions. If it was not so, I would have told you so. I go to prepare a place for you. That if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come again and receive you to myself. And where I am, there you may also be. And where I go, you know, and the way you know. And Thomas said to him, Lord, we did not know where you're going. And how can we know where you, how can we know the way? And Jesus said to him, I am the way. I am the truth. And I am the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. Jesus is in heaven because he's preparing a mansion for all those that have put their trust in him. He's doing construction work up there in heaven. I love Jesus. He's a construction worker. I love that. He's there building mansions. Not shacks, but mansions. And that mansion in heaven can never compare with any mansion here on earth. So, you yourself, do you know the way? Do you know the truth? And you know the life that it comes in Jesus. In John 14, 12, it says, More and most assuredly I said to you, 
He who believes in me, the works that I do, he will do also. And greater works than these he will do. Because I go to my Father. And whatever you ask in my name, I will do it. And the Father may be glorified in the Son. If you ask anything in my name, I will do it. If you love me, keep my commandments. And I will pray to the Father, and he will give you another helper, that he may abide in you forever. The Spirit of truth, whom you cannot receive, because it neither sees, or, or neither sees him, nor knows him. But you know him, for he dwells in you, and will be with you. And I will not leave you orphans, and I will come for you. So this is the promises of our Lord Jesus Christ that we need to hold on, even in this crazy world. Are you holding on to these promises? Do this promise give you courage? Did this promise give you the, just the heart to say, I'm going to continue to fight the good fight, no matter how many people are against me? Because Jesus loves me, and he's going to come back again. The person of the Holy Spirit is the third person of the triune God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is here with us. And the Holy Spirit is here wanting to minister to your heart trying to get you to draw closer to Jesus. He wants you to connect with Jesus. The work of the Holy Spirit is to just get us connected to Jesus Christ in such a way that we can be inseparable. Do you desire the Holy Spirit? Is that a priority in your life? Verse 8, And when He has come, He will convict the world of sin and of righteousness, and of judgment. Verse 9, of sin, because they do not believe in me. Verse 10, of righteousness, because I go to my Father, and you uh, see me no more. And verse 11, of judgment, because the ruler of this world is judged. The Holy Spirit is going to bring conviction in our hearts of our sinful nature. We're sinful people. We're people that miss the mark. The Holy Spirit is just going to work in those areas in our lives when we're weak. And He's going to empower us for us to be overcomers. I've gone to a lot of places in mission trips. And usually when we go on a mission trip, we, we become trackies. Not start track, but trackies, we pass out tracks. That's what they call trackies. So we pass out a lot of tracks. And one of the tracks that we pass out, it asks the question, are you a good person? And a lot of people say, yeah, I'm a good person. Yeah, why do you think you're going to heaven? Because I'm a good person. I have never killed. 
I have never uh, shot anybody. I have never done all these crazy things. And it says, but who are you comparing yourself to? The mark is not me. It's not Pastor Ras. It's not Pastor Zach. The mark is the Lord Jesus Christ, perfection. So when we look at that, we come very short. We come, and then it just opens the door for us to preach the good news of the gospel and the love of Jesus Christ. And people, I remember out there in Peru, we went ahead and um, we just put some speakers and, and we started doing some, uh, um, some dramas. And then we went there and we preached the gospel. And in the middle of that square, hundreds of people gave their life to Jesus Christ. People are thirsty and longing for the good news of the Lord Jesus Christ. In Romans 3, 22 to 23 and 24, it says, There is no difference. All have sinned and fall short of the glory of God. But being justified freely by His grace through the redemption that is in Christ Jesus. In Romans 6, 20, it says, For you were slaves of sin. You were free in regards to righteousness. But the fruit did you have, but what fruit did you have then in the things which you are now ashamed? For the end of those things is death. But now having set free from sin and having become slaves of God, you have your fruit of holiness. And the end is everlasting life. The wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. What are you planning? What are you looking at yourself? And, and there's people in this planet that are seeking and they're looking. And the answer is Jesus Christ. And the Holy Spirit is the one that directs us to him that we need to get right. We need to accept him. We need to stop playing games. We have to walk away from the sinful nature and then we're going to be set free. Our righteousness is in Jesus Christ alone. We have been set free. I am free. I am free. The Lord Jesus Christ has set me free. A lot of people, they come and they say, I am free because I bought a Harley-Davidson motorcycle. Now they put on a jacket and it says, freedom. And they're riding overweight, you know, with their shirt open, making a spectacle of themselves with their tongue hanging out. Ah, I am free. No, you're not. You're in bondage. Get right with the Lord Jesus Christ. And in Romans 5, 5, it says, Now hope does not disappoint because of the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who was given to us. In Romans 15, 13, it says, Now may the God of hope fill you with all joy 
and with the peace in believing that you may abound in the hope by the power of the Holy Spirit. So if you want to have this unspeakable joy, this joy that does not make sense, this joy that is not happiness, that is not happiness, that it happens only when all the circumstances are going to your favor the way you want it. Joy is something that it comes from heaven and is poured out on us by the power of the Holy Spirit that we can have this unspeakable joy even when we're going through difficult and hard times where Jesus told us that we were going to go through these hard times. Why don't you have this joy? Have you asked the Holy Spirit to fill you with this joy? Is this joy reigning in your heart and in your life and in your mind? Acts 26, 18. To open the eyes and to order to turn them from darkness into light. And from the power of Satan to God. That they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who are sanctified by faith in me. Sanctification being set apart. The Holy Spirit wants to set you apart for a special purpose for God. The only question that I got is, are you yielding? Are you yielding to the Holy Spirit? And the Holy Spirit moves. I remember years ago, I, my, my wife invited me to go to a crusade. And I wasn't, I wasn't walking with the Lord. I was, I was probably demonically possessed from the way I was living my life. And when I went into the stadium parking lot, I felt something happening with my stomach. And it wasn't the burrito that I had. <laughs> it wasn't the burrito. And then I told my wife, I turned to her. We were not in good speaking uh, terms. So I turned to her and I said, I don't know what's going on with me. There's something in my stomach, something funny in my stomach. She turned and smiled. I said, what are you smiling about? <laughs> she knew that the Holy Spirit was operating and working in my life. For me, when the presentation came that they uh, did the altar call, I was ready to receive the Holy Spirit. I was ready to relieve, uh, receive the, the Lord Jesus Christ because of the work that the Holy Spirit was already doing in my life. The Holy Spirit works in places where we don't see it, but He's there and He's moving and He's doing miracles and wonders. Just going to close up. 1 Peter 4, 16. Yet if anyone suffered as a Christian, let him not be ashamed, but let him glorify God in this matter. For the time has come for judgment to begin in the house of God. It is the beginning with us first that we will be the end of those who do not obey the gospel. So judgment comes and it starts in the house of God.
the Lord Jesus Christ is going to judge every human being that has ever existed in this planet. But it says here in the scripture that before he judges the world, he's going to judge the people in the church. What is the Lord Jesus Christ saying about your life? The Lord loves us, and he has, but it's not all grace and mercy. He's a righteous God, but he is a holy God, and he's going to judge. Verse 12 to 15 to close up. I still have many things to say to you, but you cannot bear them now. However, when he, the spirit of truth, has come, he will guide you into the all truth. And he will not speak on his own authority, but whatever you, whatever he hears, he will speak. And he will tell you the things to come. And he will glorify me, for he will take of what is mine and declare it to you. All things that the Father has are mine. Therefore, I say that he will take of mine and declare it to you. The Holy Spirit, I truly believe that he's here and he's talking to you. He's bringing conviction in your heart. He's declaring the things that you need to get right. And he is telling you with all truth what the word of God says. He is a lie to our path. He's the one that is guiding you. He's the one that is helping you. And you know because he has spoken to you the Holy Spirit, before I got saved, he was, even when I went to bed at night, he was bringing dreams into my mind of the things, how my marriage, how my life, how my life was going to be even before I got saved. He was manifesting to me the things that he was going to do in my life in the future. But I needed to respond. I needed to make a stand because God is gentle. God does not force himself. And the Lord Jesus Christ doesn't come knocking down any doors. But you are the one that needs to open the door of your heart and let him in. The question is, do you want to open the door of your heart and say, Jesus, I'm not right. Jesus, I desperately need you. As the Holy Spirit is moving in your hearts, in your minds, in your souls, it's up to you to respond. 